Welcome to Solo Cleaning School. Are you ready to reshape your mindset and grow your solo cleaning business? Step into today's class with your guide, Ken Carfagno, so you can win for your family. Welcome to Solo Cleaning School. Let's jump back into the DeLorean again, as I've been doing on the last few podcasts, because it's May and I'm trying to catch everybody up on how my own personal Carfagno Cleaning solo business has been going. I have deviated from my typical plan of sharing my business update during this COVID-19 pandemic because I wanted to be relevant. I wanted the content on this show to help you through the pandemic as much as possible. So a few episodes, I started catching you back up and jumping into the Back to the Future mobile, that DeLorean with a flux capacitor, and taking you back in time three months. So jump on in, the DeLorean, fasten yourself in, jump all over that gear shifter, crank the gas pedal to the metal, and let's hit 88 miles per hour. Oh, there it goes. The week of February 17th, 2020, started out with little tension. My Nana was admitted into the hospital with pneumonia. She fought this like two years prior, and she beat it. So it was a little less tense but I still felt that pressure, but very confident about her health going forward. And I've already captured this business week of February 17th in the episode Top of Mind, where we talked about the Honda Pilot and how you start seeing it everywhere when you're looking for it. And I related that to my experience at GE and why I wanted to leave that company because I saw marriages that I didn't want to become. And so it got me on a different path. So in a typical Carfagno Cleaning solo update, I would cover a business lesson and some updates from my business for a week because a lot of stuff happens in a week. However, this particular episode is different. I'll be sharing a full month's worth of updates because it felt like one long week. It was all a blur. On February 22nd, 2020, my Nana Gabriella Carfagna went home to be with the Lord. I've never experienced loss like this in my life. I shared on recent episodes about my mom and her battle with COVID-19. And I'm so thankful that my mom has survived it. She's recovering. But my Nana was my second mom. My dad would pick me up on the weekends and take me to his parents' house in Plymouth Meeting, Pennsylvania, I would stay there and spend the majority of my time with my Nana and Pop-Pop. They raised me half the week while my mom did the other half. And I've already shared the part that my mom did. So here's a little insight into the other half of my week. As much as I love my dad, I always say that Nana and Pop were my parents. They taught me so much. They were an example of a lasting and enduring marriage which I shared in the Top of Mind episode, was very important to me. It's why I left GE when it really comes down to it. Nana and Pop-Pop were my rocks growing up. As much as I speak so highly of my mom, the weekends with my Nana and Pop is where I truly had the most stability. They demonstrated to me what a family unit looks like. Husband and wife married in love with each other. The only ones they ever knew together since the age of 15 They were both 41 years old when I was born. They were young grandparents. 
I still got to play ball with my pop-up. My Nana would pick me up many Fridays when my dad couldn't. We'd always stop at the Tasty Cake store and get some cakes and pies for the weekend. Uh, They definitely spoiled me, had lots of sweets. My mom would have a few choice words once in a while. They also took care of so many of my needs. They would fill in the gaps that my mom couldn't take care of. Even though my dad was paying child support, Nana and Pop would be the ones to buy me sneakers and get me coats to get me different things as I needed when I needed them. But they were again my rocks. I could lean on them. I could lay on my Nana's lap when I was feeling sad and she'd rub my hair. When I was sick, she'd take care of me. When I was hungry, which I always was, she'd feed me. She was a tireless servant. It seems like she never sat down. And when she did, she would watch her movies and we'd snuggle up and watch them together. Nana was my second mom. She was amazing. And she is so missed. My pop-op was the man in my life. No offense to my own father, but he was very young when I was growing up, still in his 20s, still figuring out his own life, and he was a great dad to me. He played, we were like best friends, but my pop-op was more of the father figure to me. He was the one that I wanted to impress, the one that I wanted to perform for, the one that I desired his affirmation and approval. And we had so much fun together. Pop-Up and I would always spend time on the weekends together. And of course, I saw my dad too. I saw him quite a bit. Either he or my Nana would pick me up on Friday. He would drop me off at my mom's on Sunday night. And in between, I spent a mixture of time with Nana, Pop, and my dad. Probably the majority of the time with my Nana and Pop because my dad was still working shift work at Pico Energy. So sometimes he was working super late and he would sleep in or be on the couch until noon. And I would be with Nan and Pop in the morning, having breakfast, watching cartoons. That was my childhood. My Nan and Pop-Pop are a huge reason we left New York in 2018 to return home to the Philadelphia area. They were over 80 at this point, and we didn't know how much longer they had. We really desired as a family, my wife, Teresa, myself, the kids to be able to go over Nana and Pop's house for a Sunday lunch after church and spend the afternoon with them compared to the short quarterly visits that we were doing from New York. Because with my work schedule and a five-hour drive each way with kids, it just was hard to make frequent trips, and we did the best we could. So anyway, the week that Nana was in the hospital was a roller coaster. She was admitted into the regular floor of the hospital on antibiotics for the pneumonia, had a cough, had a fever, and she was very alert, very talkative. We could visit with her, and she was doing good. She was recovering. And then she's on a ventilator, and she's having struggles with her breathing, and it was gasping for air, and the family is all freaking out. It was scary. It went from okay to, oh my goodness, what just happened? Nana, you okay? You okay? We're praying for her. We're with her by her side. My grandfather was not leaving the hospital. He's exhausted. And then it was like a miracle. She was completely better, off the ventilator, all her vital signs improving, breathing, pneumonia's going away. It's looking up. It looks great. The calm before the storm. It was February the 20th when she was on the ventilator. The 21st, everything was awesome. As a matter of fact, the 21st was my wife's birthday. So we had plans that night to go out to a yogurt place and get some snacks to celebrate. 
and we were going to try to get my pop-up to sneak out of the hospital because he's been spending so much time by his wife's side. We wanted to get him out, get him out with with us on Teresa's birthday. So we did. We were able to go over there. We spent time with Nana. She was doing great. Had some great conversation with her. Gave her a wonderful goodbye hug and kiss as I normally had done for the week. We told each other how much we loved each other. And it felt great. We got my pop-up out of there. I waved goodbye as we walked out of the room to Nana. And we took Pop and we got yogurt. He had a great time. We got pictures. We dropped Pop off off at his house. We went home and got a good night's sleep and planned to go back over to visit Nana and Pop at the hospital. We stopped at the Wawa to pick up some sandwiches that we know they like and some coffee for them because Nana was almost done. She was getting discharged on Monday and she just had to deal with a couple more days in the hospital. We get back out into the car with all of our food to bring over to the hospital. And then I get a call from my dad, Ken, get over here now. We rushed over, left the coffees and the sandwiches in the car. It was just the two of us because the kids were at the house with the oldest two looking after the younger three. But we bolted into the hospital, went straight up into the hallway, and it was a horrible scene. There was doctors and nurses flooding around my Nana's room. And they were doing life-saving procedures. She had stopped breathing and they were resuscitating her. Her heart had stopped. They were doing CPR. And the only thing I could do was lift up my arms and pray. I just stood in the room watching as this all unfolded, just praying for her to be better. Nana, get your heart rate back. Start breathing. Please, Lord God, bring her heartbeat and her breathing back. And just praying over her strongly. And then she revived, and they got her pulse and her breathing back, and then we lost it again. And then they resuscitated her again, and they got her back. And this time, they got her stable, and she was starting to come to a bit, enough where they could transport her downstairs to ICU to monitor her more closely, all of her vital signs, and hook her back up to some kind of a respirator device was their intention. But by the time we got downstairs, we went back in, She's now being resuscitated again. And we thought we had her, and then we're losing her again. And then she comes back, and we got her, and then she's being resuscitated again. It was back and forth and back and forth. And my grandfather, love him so much. He's been losing his memory. He survived cancer last year. And with his memory loss, he's asking, is she okay? We're like, I don't know yet, Pop. And then a minute later, is she okay? He'd forgotten what he just asked a minute before. And after about an hour and a half... Of their best attempts to save her life, the doctors came out with that look on their face and they said, I'm sorry, there's nothing else that we can do. And what could we say? All we could do was stare at him in absolute, utter disbelief and shock because this weekend was her relaxing weekend for a discharge on Monday. I was going to be speaking with a case management team Monday morning and all of a sudden she goes from being discharged and and doing well to they can't help her anymore? What does that mean? What do you mean she can't? you can't help her anymore? I'm sorry. She's gone. And my pop-up's over there like, is she okay? No, pop, she didn't make it. And he starts sobbing. And we all start, we are sobbing. And then we go into the room and they say, we'll clear out so the family can have some time with her. And I just went up, hold her hand. Oh my gosh. Worst moment of my life. Worst moment of my life. <sighs> my pop. Still asking the question, is she okay? No, Pop, she's gone. And he's, it's like he faced 
the loss over and over again with his memory and the stress he was under. And it was horrible. February 22nd. It was horrible. I had no idea that that kiss and the exchange of I love yous and hug and that wave goodbye was going to be the last time that I ever said I love you to my Nana. I never expected that. So the whole family left the hospital after a few more hours and just were in a stupor. We're all just at the house looking at each other. And then immediately the pressure's on me and my Uncle Bob to start the preparations for a funeral because we're the only ones that really can handle the stuff. And so now we're doing the business side of things, trying to grieve and allow my grandfather the space. And it's... (laughs) It was a terrible scene. And my kids didn't even know yet. We're just trying to figure this all out. My mother-in-law had gone over to the house by now to watch the kids. And we called her and said, we're coming to get them. Please don't let them know what just happened. See, they thought they were coming to the hospital. We were going to come pick them up and let them go visit Nana. They never got a chance to say their goodbye. (sighs) So we went to the house, went in the front door. I said, family meeting. Called everyone around. I just said, I'm so sorry. We lost her. She's gone. And the kids are breaking down. So now I got to deal with my own crying and breakdown. And then watch my 83-year-old grandfather, who has to relive her loss over and over again with his memory. And then seeing my other family members, and then my own children, my wife. It's horrible. I know many of you have dealt with loss. I just never have. So instead of me taking you on a journey down this road longer and and sharing all these inward emotions, I want to make the rest of this podcast very useful to you. I want to make this a benefit. And if you allow me, I would like to give each of you a big old kick in the butt. Here's the questions I have for you. Are you stuck in a job you hate? Do you have loved ones at a distance like I did that you don't see enough? Do you talk all the time about making a change yet remain in your comfortable life? What are you waiting for? I was there in the summer of 2017. We were living in New York for 15 years, desperately wanting to come home. We were comfortable in our life, our friends, our church, our super optimized solo cleaning business. I'm so thankful that we made the move and sold our business and moved back to Pennsylvania. Otherwise, I would have missed those precious final moments with my nana because I know what would have happened. Hey, Kenny, she's in the hospital. She's fine. How's she doing? Oh, she's okay. She'll be good. They wouldn't have told me she was on the ventilator. And then they would have called me on Saturday afternoon. We lost nana. And I would have not have had my chance to say goodbye. But because I got out of my comfort zone and made the changes and we moved, I was able to spend that last week with my nana and have amazing memories. And I have no regrets. So carrying this month-long update forward, it just got crazier because the next week was the funeral and so much preparations. And then I'm also trying to help my uncle, Dave, who's autistic, and he just lost his mother now. His father's a wreck, and he's getting depressed. And I'm trying to help him, help my grandfather do the funeral arrangements. And then we're just we're just tired. My wife and I are doing so much for the funeral. And then we finally are looking into the clear. We're about to go on our annual honeymoon retreat on March the 13th. We're going away for four days. Here it comes. And then COVID-19 strikes down our county, our state, our country. And our governor of Pennsylvania shuts things down one by one, starting the weekend of Friday the 13th. And so I went from losing my Nana to having the funeral 
and then dealing with paperwork and all the things, and then COVID. We lose our honeymoon, but even worse than that, now we have to stay inside and we can't go visit my pop-up who needs us desperately. He's struggling. He's struggling so bad and we just need to see him. Now, I know we are so blessed that this happened. If it's going to happen, thankfully it happened before the COVID-19 pandemic. So we were able to be in the hospital and experience those last moments with her because there's people that have lost loved ones all over the country that have not been able to say goodbye. I'm sorry if you're one of those amazing people. I'm so sorry. So essentially, from the day that my Nana passed on the February 22nd, all the way through till when our honeymoon retreat on March 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th was supposed to be, that whole month, it was all a blur. I will share a couple highlights that I was able to get done in business because I didn't just shut down. Here's what I did. I served the clients that didn't pause due to Corona. I added a COVID-19 disinfection protocol to my business to ensure maximum precaution while cleaning homes and offices. I got a few one-time deep cleaning and disinfecting jobs through a few of my current clients to fill the gaps from the corona losses. I wrote an article on helpful disinfection tips and I repurposed it on social media. This content is what became the nine mistakes in disinfecting. I was asked to join the Berkshire Hathaway Home Services concierge group which made me a preferred vendor for the whole area for Berkshire Hathaway this is huge I was referred in for my friend Marianne who's a realtor with them and of course she's in my BIB group who I shared some tips from Marianne was one of the tips I shared in tips from my BIB podcast episode that's a huge connection for future real estate work I also impressed Monique during my first cleaning with her and she kept me throughout the pandemic Right before Corona, a sixth residential client hired me for a recurring service. That's Michelle. She's also a referral from Erica's Facebook Moms Group post. That's three new clients from one happy customer. Now, unfortunately, side note, Michelle paused me before I ever got started due to Corona, and now she's on hold until the summer. I've been cleaning for a veterinary hospital, and they've tripled in size. They've been working on construction for over a year. I did an estimate with the owner of the vet and we talked out a plan to bring me on and to probably double the size of the contract that I'm doing. This could be huge. And last but not least, for my new client, Kim, got a box of chocolate and wrote out a thank you card for choosing to go with my cleaning service. So those are some of the things I was able to get done. And I really just prioritized. I didn't have a lot of time to work on business. I did the most important things. Here's what I want to take away from this episode. Life doesn't stop when the world does. And so for me, my world stopped when I lost my Nana. And then it stopped again when COVID stopped everything else. So life doesn't stop when the world does. And don't ever feel the pain of regret because you chose to stay comfortable. Now, if you'll bear with me for an extra maybe two minutes, I would love to share with you the honor that I was given for my Nana. I was the one chosen to do the eulogy, and I wanted to share that eulogy with you right now. A tribute to the life of Gabriella Carfagno, Like a Sunflower, by Ken Carfagno III, March the 2nd, 2020. God designed his sunflowers to bloom in the summer and to always position their face to directly receive the sun's gaze. Sunflowers are tough, able to tolerate heat and drought. They also yield many seeds prior to expiration. My Nana loved sunflowers, and I believe it's because she was so much like them. 
Gabriella Anna Carfagna was born on Memorial Day. Like the sunflower, she bloomed in summer. Gabriella was the heart and soul of the Carfagno family. She always knew what to do, when we needed her, and that was often. She selflessly slaved away in the kitchen every day to keep us well-fed. To call her a homemaker would be grossly underestimated. Not only did she raise three boys, but worked full-time outside of the home for over 25 years to help support the family. She never shied away from sharing her opinion on any matter. She knew exactly when to rip your food out from underneath your chin if it was too cold. She knew how to correct and comfort us. Yet she was tender, allowing her boys to cuddle up next to her on the couch as she rubbed our hair. Her passing has left a huge hole in each of our hearts. That will take a long time to heal. And when it does heal, our hearts will never be what they were before. Scars will remain as a permanent mark of her imprint upon us. She taught us how to love, how to serve, and recently how to fight. Like the sunflower, she was tough. It's easy to see why sunflowers are often thought of as spiritual flowers as they always face the sun. Many consider them to be a symbol of true faith and loyalty to something that is much bigger and much brighter than themselves. That was my Nana. She had a true faith in God and unwavering loyalty to her family, which are both much bigger than herself. Like the sunflower, her example has yielded many seeds of faith, love, and service to everyone who knew her. The Lord has called her home. She won't have to turn to face the sun anymore. He surrounds her all the time. I love you, Nana. Thank you for everything. Thank you for listening to Solo Cleaning School. Class is dismissed. <laughs>